just come on. What would it mean to you, that sentence? I haven't seen Evil Dead 2 yet. Well, to me, it would mean that you're a liar. You've seen it twice, once with Laura, oops, and once with me and Dick, remember? We had that conversation about the guy making Beretta shotgun ammo off screen in the 14th century. Right, all right, but let's just say that I hadn't seen it, and I said to you, I haven't seen Evil Dead 2 yet. What would you think? I'd think that you're a cinematic idiot, and I'd feel sorry for you. All right, but from that one sentence, would you think that I was going to see it? I'm sorry, Rob, I'm struggling here. You're asking me what would I think if you told me you hadn't seen a film that you have already seen, what am I supposed to say? Just listen to me, if I said to you... I haven't seen Evil Dead 2 yet, yes. Would you get the impression that I really wanted to see it? Oh, uh... Well, you couldn't have been desperate to see it, otherwise you'd have already gone. Right, I'm not gonna see that movie. But the word yet... Yeah, you know what? I get the impression that you wanted to see it. Otherwise, you'd have said you didn't want to go. But in your opinion, would I definitely go? How the fuck am I supposed to know? Probably. Why? Because it's a brilliant film. It's so funny and violent and the soundtrack kicks fucking ass. I never thought I'd say this, but can I go work now? From the darkest corners of Chicago, this is the Unenthusiastic Critics Halloween Movie Marathon. Hello everyone and welcome to the Unenthusiastic Critic. I'm Michael McDonough, I write about film and television at unaffiliatedcritic.com. Joining me today for a romantic getaway in a cabin in the woods is my lovely wife, Nakia, also known as the Unenthusiastic Critic. Cabins are never romantic. It's very romantic. It's not romantic at Isolated, all. off the grid. That's not romance to me. <laughs> That's a good place to die. On today's episode, Nakia and I are concluding our month-long horror movie marathon with an over-the-top cult classic, Sam Raimi's 1987 film Evil Dead 2, also known as Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. <laughs> Nakia, we spent the last four weeks watching horror movies, mm -hmm. and though a couple of them, like Sleepaway Camp, <laughs> oh, God. had some unintentional humor, most of the films we've watched have played the horror pretty straight. Mm -hmm. But there is a thin line between horror and comedy, as when Powers writes at Vulture, while sitting in a movie theater watching a horror movie, you're likely to hear equal parts laughter and screams coming from the audience. Generally, the cries of terror are heard first, followed almost immediately by a wave of chuckles, giggles, and knee slapping. In a paper on the functions of humor, Dr. Julia Wilkins calls this phenomenon relief theory. According to her article, we achieve such joy from being scared in certain situations because, while our bodies tell us that they're dangerous, we still know deep down that we are safe, and this release of tension results in laughter. This is why comedy and horror go hand in hand, both in literature and on film. Both genres have their own set of rules for achieving their intended goals, but by combining the rules of comedy and horror, one genre can greatly enhance the other. So it's an interesting thing, and it, I think it's true. Why do we laugh at horror? I mean, I think there are a couple things at play there. One, I think it appeals to sort of that very base instinct in human beings to sort of laugh at other people's pain and trauma. Like, it's just sort of, <laughs> because it's not you, you're right. just sort of laughing at it. 
the sort of schadenfreude thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of it. I think the other is that both comedy and horror rely on some form of transgression, some sort of crossing of a line. Right. And a level of sort of... Um, Sort of going over the top. So there's, there's a level of ridiculousness to both right. genres. Right, sort of absurdity. Right, mm-hmm. and so you're either going to be terrified or you're going to laugh or you're going to have both experiences at the same time. And I guess if comedy is, as has been said, the art of the unexpected, mm-hmm. then it makes sense that horror would be very close to that. Right. Even just in terms of the structure of it. The sort of jump scare, you know, it's set up in punchline, just right. in a slightly different formula. Right. And I think this, I think the link between the two goes back as far as movies go back. I mean, Mm -hmm. we can go back to the silent era and you see guys like Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd making movies with haunted house settings, Mm -hmm. comedy films set in haunted house. The connection between those two things is pretty fundamental. What what, what are some of your favorite comedy horror movies? Let me ask, what's the funniest horror movie to you? I think if I had to pick... I would say What We Do in the Shadows is probably one of the funniest horror films that I've ever seen. And I know that's one that you haven't seen. Yeah, no, I keep meaning to catch up with that. I just never got around to it somehow. It's really just brilliantly done. And it's directed by Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clement. Um, and it's about, it's like this sort of mockumentary horror comedy about a group of vampires living together in a house. Mm-hmm. And so it's that idea of taking these sort of supernatural beings and putting them in a very regular sort of... Right. Routine of like, it's almost like real world, except they just happen to be vampires. And so it's just plays on that, which I think a lot of this sort of comedy horror does is like you're parodying existing horror tropes. And yes. And just turning them on their heads to make them funny. And this, again, is a tradition that goes back forever. Right. I mean, 10 years after Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff and Lon Chaney, mm-hmm. you know, made these iconic horror movie monsters... They were making Abbott and Costello movies Mm. that were spoofing Mm -hmm. the horror tropes that had already become cliched by then. Yeah. Something like Cabin in the Woods does that really well. Yes. Like, that's another... That's a funny movie. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Um, And that's one, and I think there's... I I always like to categorize things as distinctions to be made. Okay. I, I haven't seen What We Do in the Shadows, but I think that's primarily a comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, I don't think it's meant it's, to be scary, right, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think on the extreme end of that, you've got stuff like Ghostbusters and Beetlejuice right. that are dealing with that world, but they're comedies. Right, right. You're not going to see those on a list of horror movies. Right. Whereas Cabin in the Woods is one of the movies, and this is the most interesting category to me, is the movies that work as both mm-hmm. sort of throughout. Mm-hmm. That they function as horror movies, but they're also funny. They and you can, funny. Yeah. yeah. What I will say is probably an underappreciated gem. Okay. This is going to be good. And I don't know if you've seen it. Probably not. But as I was sort of looking, doing research for this episode (laughs) and looking for comedy horror films or horror comedy films, it reminded me how much I loved it. Uh Uh-huh. Once Bitten. (laughs) (laughs) And what I have forgotten... Was that that's motherfucking Cleavon Little in Once Bitten. Is it really? Yes. <laughs> I have seen it, but it was a long time ago. It is Cleavon Little wearing, like, pale blue jodhpurs and riding boots for most of the film. And he's, like, Lorne Hutton, who is play- playing this sort of seductress vampire. Uh-huh. He's playing, like, her servant sort of best friend thing. It's fucking ridiculous. but. 
It also has a dance-off scene where Jim Carrey has already been bitten by Lauren Hutton, and she has to bite him three times, but he's been bitten like once or twice, I don't remember how many times. Yeah. But he's sort of already enraptured by her. She comes to like their high school dance, Halloween dance, his girlfriend, who isn't giving him any sex, and that's why he's susceptible to vampireness, apparently, is dressed as like, <laughs> what's that, Raggedy Ann or something? Like uh-huh. some very conservative sort of ridiculous outfit. And Lauren Hutton shows up in basically this sexy magician's outfit. And they have a dance-off to fight over Jim Carrey <laughs> because he's like the last virgin in the world or something. <laughs> and it is ridiculous and amazing and everybody should go watch One Spitten. Okay, I, I might have to revisit you that really one. Don't, because it gets, so it's all about like, oh, he's attracted to the super sexy vampire who's, you know, seen it all, done it all, been there. And but he still wants his very you know pure virginal high school girlfriend who again is dressed as fucking Raggedy Ann. Right, you get that Madonna whore right, exactly. complex going but on. But as the dance goes on and Jim Carrey is getting more and more drawn to Lauren Hutton, his girlfriend gets desperate and she starts ripping off her clothes. <laughs> and there's like this little lacy nighty thing underneath the the Raggedy Ann outfit, so she inevitably wins. And it's pure white, of course. Um, and yeah, so. <laughs> Okay, well, let's talk about a movie that you and I both loved, mm-hmm. Get Out. Yes. Where does that fall on the spectrum? Because that's one I feel, depending on the audience, they react to it very differently. Mm-hmm. I remember when it first came out, I saw people not understanding why it was a comedy, like not getting a lot of the jokes. Mm-hmm. Or, alternately, reacting to it just as a comedy. And not understanding the underlying. And not getting mm-hmm. what was so fundamentally disturbing about mm-hmm. it. I mean, that that's one of those movies that I feel like walks a real razor's edge. It really does. Between um, the two genres. And it's sort of a, a litmus test for where people are, depending on how they react to it and sort of how they walk through the world. Um, and it's funny, when you brought that up as, as the sort of comedy horror genre, at first I was like, that doesn't fit. And not to say that it wasn't funny. It was. There were definitely funny mm-hmm. moments. But it was also like, that was fucking real life, man. Like, right. was just like, <laughs> which, again, is funny. Like, there is humor in tragedy and the, the sort of absurdities of life. And, and sometimes you just have to sort of laugh at your circumstances because they are so bad and just mm-hmm. ridiculous. So it took me a minute to go, okay, yeah, I guess that is a comedy horror. But it didn't. That wasn't how it struck me at first. <laughs> Even though, again, it was funny, particularly with Lil Rel there. I mean, he was just right. perfect. Right, Those scenes were just yeah. oh, just straight-up comedy. Um, but throughout the rest of the movie, like I think we saw it in a mixed-race mm-hmm. theater, mm-hmm. probably predominantly white. We were... I would say predominantly white. Yes. yes. But I think, again, you could hear the black audience laughing at stuff that the white audience right. didn't get why it was funny. Right, because we were laughing at that. And you could hear the white audience laughing at stuff where the black audience was like, you shouldn't be laughing right. at that. Yeah. That's serious. Yeah. So it's a, a really interesting movie that way, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, and maybe this is why I didn't initially sort of see it that way, is because the, the laughter is more of a knowing laughter of like, ah, ha, ha, yeah, isn't that terrible when that happens? Right. <laughs> I recognize that. <laughs> So that is something white right. people say. Yeah. So I think that was maybe part of it. It was like, yeah, it's that that sort of been there laughter. <laughs> so it's less that sort of Schadenfreude that I was talking about early and more commiseration. Right. So uh what about something like 
another favorite of mine. And I'm still not 100% convinced that you've actually seen all of this movie. I know you say you have. Okay. American Werewolf in London. We watched that together. See, I you always say that. And again, I think it, we might have watched some of it. No, I watched all of that ridiculous movie <laughs> and wasn't crazy about it. No. How can you not love that movie? I mean, I guess his dead friend is sort of funny. His dead friend is very funny. <laughs> Griffin Dunn. <laughs> decomposing over the course of that movie. <laughs> Telling him to kill himself the <laughs> whole time. Telling him to kill himself. Yeah, no, I don't love that, that movie. Thing that yeah. flaps in his neck when he See, talks. You love like that. I, like I don't, I don't love that as much as you do. It's fine. I don't. I don't. Okay, we've done a couple of films for the blog or the podcast that I think would fit in this category. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Dawn of the Dead is a very yeah. funny movie. Mm-hmm. For the blog, we watched Reanimator. Hated it. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't know how it would not be possible. (laughs) And that, again, is one of those movies that to me works as both horror and comedy perfectly. A girl is sexually assaulted by a severed head. Yeah, you always come back to that. Well, because that's a big-ass deal. (laughs) That's that's hard to sort of get over. You really take all the fun out of it. I really don't. All the ones you like have weird... Sexual encounter, like Evil Dead had tree rape, so... Okay, you enjoyed Evil Dead. It still had tree rape. You said it was the most fun movie we had ever done or but something like that. But that bar like is that. super low. <laughs> and I think I said it was the most it was most enjoyable among the Halloween films. So again, that's an even lower bar. So let's not act like that is high praise coming from me. Four years ago... In this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. Now, from the creator of Evil Dead, comes Evil Dead 2. So you and I watched Evil Dead when we were doing The Unenthusiastic Critic as a blog. Mm-hmm. I, six or seven years ago. I don't even know how long ago. Sure. Uh, what do you What do you remember of that experience? Terrible acting. <laughs> um, very just over-the-top effects, <laughs> but not state-of-the-art effects just they were just but kind of brilliant uh, i mean it was it was like somebody you know they did as much as they could with the tools that they had yes absolutely (laughs) and i remember there was some sort of book of the dead thing yeah and a tape warning them not to involve themselves with the book of the dead which they ignored obviously dumb and (laughs) i remember tree rape Uh uh-huh yeah and that's about it. Okay. 
Oh, and like the final scene where he burns the Book of the Dead and then all of the zombie monsters just start like decomposing. Decomposed. Melting into, it's basically like they melted crayons on the floor. It was very technicolor and. For like three minutes that goes on. It was a very extended those, sequence. Those yes, it was an extended sequence. Decomposing in so, stop motion. Yeah, again it was, decay. we have all this shit, let's use it. And so they just went for it. But you gotta, you know, I respect that. I always think of that movie, I think of uh, the zombie movie the kids were making in Super 8. Mm-hmm. Like, those kids a little older, I think, would make Evil Dead. I feel like they'd be more advanced, though. You feel like who would? The kids the would Super be... Super 8 kids would be more advanced. <laughs> I feel like their films they were making when they were children were slightly better <laughs> than Evil Dead. Okay, so Evil Dead 2... Directed by Sam Raimi again, of course. Written by Raimi and his partner Scott Spiegel. Stephen King. Stephen King had been influential in getting Evil Dead released in the first place. Mm -hmm. He caught a screening of it at the Cannes Film Festival before it had a distributor. That movie played at Cannes. That movie played out of competition, I believe, (laughs) at Cannes. When they were still trying to find a distributor for it. And Stephen King wrote a review for Twilight Zone magazine that was just a rave. He Mm -hmm. called it the most ferociously original horror film of 1982. And that helped get attention on it and helped get it actually released. And when it came time to do Evil Dead 2, King helped out again. Producer Dino De Laurentiis was financing King's movie, his one self-directed disaster of a movie, Maximum Overdrive. I've never seen that. It's terrible. (laughs) It's one of the worst movies ever made. Didn't he hate... As I think Stephen King admits. Um, The Shining? He wasn't happy with it. He was not happy with with Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, no. So maybe directing is just not his. Yeah, no. Okay. Maybe stay out of the process. All right. Uh, but he convinced De Laurentiis to finance Evil Dead 2. Raimi wrote the film while, interestingly, while sharing a house with the Coen brothers, Holly Hunter, Francis McDormand, and Kathy Bates. That's a weird house. house. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, and in fact, one of the characters in the film, they wanted Holly Hunter to play, but the studio didn't want her. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want Holly maybe Hunter? A poor deci- well, she wasn't Holly Hunter yet. Oh. This was a bigger, slightly bigger budget movie than Evil Dead, made for about $3 million. Not a huge hit. It ended up making about $6 million, so it did a little better than Break Even. Mm-hmm. It was released unrated, which they had to do to avoid an X rating. Oh, Lord. More tree rape? Uh, no, actually, surprising absence of tree rape in this film. Arboreal rape? <laughs> Arboreal rape. But, of course, it went on to become just a tremendous cult classic, even bigger in some ways than the first one. The film sits at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is currently number 19 on that site's list of the best-reviewed horror movies of all time. (laughs) Siskel and Ebert called it one of the funniest movies in recent years. Richard Harrington in the Washington Post called it a post-midnight meld of Roadrunner cartoons and Three Stooges films. I like Roadrunner. There you go. Okay. And they really did, I mean, you thought the first one was ridiculous. Yes. The second one, they just doubled down on all of that. Raimi has talked about the franchise in general. He said he liked all the kind of B-movie horror films Mm -hmm. that played in drive-ins. But he said of them that they always had 30 minutes of slow stuff. Then they had a good scare. Then there was another 15 minutes of slow stuff. Then there was a good suspense sequence, etc. 
And he said, after about 20 of these, I said, why don't we just make one that has all the good stuff and, and skip all the slow stuff? And that's what he did in Evil Dead. And then Evil Dead 2 is even more of just skipping the slow stuff. Typical man skipping the foreplay. <laughs> skipping all the foreplay. And it also says something about the intent, you know, talking about that comedy horror line. Mm-hmm. Part of what the slow stuff does is build suspense right. and set up the scare. Right. He was not going for scare in this one. It is like a live action Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> okay, so before we watch this film, a couple of things get out of the way. There is an argument about whether this is a sequel or a remake of Evil Dead. Okay. Because, as you'll see, it starts out with Ash, Bruce Campbell, Mm -hmm. the survivor of the first film, going with his girlfriend, Linda, though played by a different actress than the Linda in the first movie. She died, didn't she? This is is the problem. She cut off, he cut off her head. (laughs) Like, real dead. (laughs) Pretty dead. Pretty definitively dead. All right. So Ash and his girlfriend are going to this cabin in the woods for a romantic getaway. Why would you go back to a cabin? Okay, so this here you have the problem. <laughs> this is what audiences asked who had seen Evil Dead. Like, is he going back uh, okay. to the same cabin as if nothing has ever happened? Uh, he is a fucking psychopath. He takes his girlfriends to cabins in the woods to kill them. That's how he gets rid of his girlfriend. Like serial killing yes. by proxy? That's a good theory. That would be an interesting franchise. There you go. Not what's happening here, however. He went back. Oh, if you'll let me explain, I'll Sorry. tell you why Excuse that is. Me. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. So here was the problem. First of all, not that not everybody in the world had seen Evil Dead. It was not that big a film when it first came out. Okay. Second of all, Sam Raimi did not actually have the rights to Evil Dead when he made Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. So they needed to get ash to that point he's at at the end of the first film where i don't know if you remember this the final screaming and right the very final shot of the film is sort of the demon rushing towards him yeah they needed to get him back to that point for the sequel Mm -hmm. but i guess they felt they needed to like get him there at the beginning of this film for people who hadn't seen the other one Mm mm-hmm So the first 10 or so minutes of this movie is like a different version of what got him to that point. I see. Okay. So they kind of retold the story with two characters instead of five characters very quickly to just get to get to that point and then take it from there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's a weird decision. Yeah. To do it that way. Yeah. Bruce Campbell has said, asked whether it was a sequel or a remake. He calls it a requel. We can't just make up words. (laughs) (laughs) But that's basically why this opens as if none of the previous movie happened Mm -hmm. until it gets Ash to that point. He could have just started over. Like, if you're saying, fuck the rules, I'm just going to have, you know, 90 minutes of straight nonsense. I'm not going to deal with story. Then why are you so worried about it? But he couldn't show clips from the first movie. But just fuck it. Just do whatever you're going to do for the second one. (laughs) But then you have no character. That's not the point. That's honestly not the point of what he wanted to do. He just wanted, he needed a vehicle to like show off his, you know, stop motion animation skills. So, okay, then fuck the pretense. Like, why are we doing that? It doesn't matter. Nobody needs to know the Wiley Coyote's backstory. He gets hit by a fucking anvil every episode. We don't need the lead up like, how well, how did he get here? How does he know about Acme? 
what was his childhood like? Why is he so obsessed and fixated on this rumor? Like, we don't even, we just know he gets murdered three times an episode every day. So, anyway, I just wanted to have this conversation now okay. before we watch the movie because I knew we would have it during the movie otherwise. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what Bruce Campbell says is people should. What people should do is rewatch the first movie mm-hmm. and then skip the first ten minutes of this movie. So, do you want to do that? No. We can just do kind of like a master cut, or we could just skip the of first just ten running minutes them of all together. We could just do that. <laughs> well, no, you can't do that. that then you'll, then you'll be totally lost again. <laughs> I'm not confused about what Wiley's doing. <laughs> I'm clear on the setup. So. Okay, so uh, what, are you, what are you expecting from this uh, experience? Nonsense, trash, like the first one, except more, apparently. <laughs> Once again, I feel you're not quite going into this with the right attitude. Except that I've seen the first one, so I know exactly what I'm getting into. And you just told me that they just amped it up. So that's <laughs> what I'm expecting. And a lot of, you know, political subtext. and There's uh, none of that, again. Sophisticated satire no, of, none of uh, that. stuff. Wiley Coyote cartoons actually has more of that than <laughs> Evil Dead. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Let's go watch the movie. Okay. All right. That thing in the cellar is not my mother. We are the things that were and shall be again. Snaps of the book. We want what is yours. Life. Okay, during the break, Nikki and I enjoyed the subtle, sophisticated suspense of Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Nikki, how did you enjoy this movie? I was fine having seen the first one. <laughs> I don't think I needed to revisit this franchise. I, I think you did. I really didn't. I think you think what you would have missed out on. And I again, I would have been fine. Think of all the fantastic set pieces you would not have been able to enjoy. You and I have different definitions of fantastic set pieces, but okay. So it didn't do anything for you? No. What I will say I appreciated was the sort of first, I don't know how long this segment was, but after Ash has killed his girlfriend, (laughs) before the other people arrive at the cabin, yes, that sort of one-man physical comedy. So the the first ten minutes are that truncated recap Mm -hmm. of the first movie Mm -hmm. and then yeah i think it's about the next 20 minutes that is just a one-man show yeah it's three stooges with only one stooge right and it's totally ridiculous and silly but he is all in and if you're gonna do something like that you have to just be all in um yeah he's not shy no he's he's not not shy about it at all so i mean i i really do think him fighting his own hand <laughs> was a more engaging uh, interaction than he, he has with any other actual person on that set. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, kudos to you, sir, for being able to I don't know what Bruce convincingly Campbell, fight your own hand. I don't know what Bruce Campbell would have done with his career if he had not found this character. But he found the right character. He has, and he is still playing him today on. What's the TV show, Ash versus the Evil Dead or something it's called? Yeah. He has that, he has the looks of a leading man, but slightly wrong. Yes. So, like, 
just a little too exaggerated, just a little too much. But it's good for basically walking through a movie looking like you were on cocaine the whole time. Like, that's basically his acting <laughs> style is cocaine. Just very... But cartoonish. El- elastic like, face. Yeah, no, absolutely just cartoonish and... Cartoonish cocaine. Yes. <laughs> like, if Dudley Do-Right did a lot of cocaine... If Acme delivered cocaine, life, then yes. Yes, he would be Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Okay, I... I don't know what we're going to have to talk about in this. There's not a lot of themes to analyze. There's not a lot of story to discuss. (laughs) I think maybe we can just kind of move through it and talk about some of these set pieces and Mm -hmm. segments. Um, Okay, so the first ten minutes. Oh, God. Yes, we get get this weird recap. Right. Where Ash and Linda Mm -hmm. come to the cabin. That's their little romantic interlude. Which I don't see how that's romantic for anyone, but okay. What do you mean? It's a horrifying cabin. (laughs) It's like half boarded up, half not. It's just, no. They also, like, apparently they broke into this cabin. Yeah, like he was like, what if the people come back? So, yeah, no, they had no business being there. (laughs) Like, this was not a vacation plan. This was a let's go out in the woods and find a cabin that we can get into. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's called a cheap-ass boyfriend. (laughs) You would not be happy with me. I would not. If you found out that was our vacation plan. No, you would be there alone. But he's super romantic and sexy. Is he? Yeah. He's the goofy boyfriend, <laughs> and he gives her a necklace that she actually doesn't seem to like all that much. She just sort of like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> weird magnifying weird glass. Weird magnifying glass necklace. Which is a holdover from the first movie, and right. again, it's one of those things that's like, you probably didn't need to... Bring that back. Hold that It over. wasn't an important talisman. Right. right. Yeah, so they come across the tape recorder of the now-dead professor. Yeah, and break one of your cardinal rules like, of don't, horror movies. Just don't play shit, don't read shit. Don't, don't read the Latin, mm-mm. don't play the Latin, don't... Just don't. Like, once you already once you hit play on that tape, the professor's voice does not sound cheery. <laughs> it does not sound like this is going to be a happy tape, so it's just like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and turn that off. But he listens and the professor's basically saying, you know, I found the Book of the Dead and started yeah. reading from it. And then there's some Latin. Here's the Latin passage. And he listens to the Latin. <laughs> and of course, Linda is immediately possessed by the evil demon spirits. <laughs> and he rather quickly, and part of this, I guess, is just the sort of truncated nature of trying to tell the whole story of the first <laughs> right. movie. It, 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 everything happens very happens quickly. super quickly. She's possessed Im- immediately. Yeah. And he immediately knows that he has to chop her head off and bury her. Yeah. Which, if you don't know that there's another whole movie and everything... It seems like he's really quick to decapitate his He gets girlfriend. over that shit quick, which actually I appreciate. Like because not, usually there, oh, okay. people want to dilly-dally and like mourn and like, oh, this is my girlfriend. No, no. Right. Most movies, the guy would be like, oh, honey, I know you're still right. in there somewhere. She's no longer your girlfriend. <laughs> he Chop that bitch's head off. <laughs> so that I shovel. appreciate that. I'm like, just <laughs> nope. Recognize what the situation is and act accordingly. She must be decapitated. <laughs> I think I think a lot of that scene was just a desire to do a redo on that scene in the original. Because mm. I don't know if you remember when we watched the original, you pointed out in that same scene, he decapitates her and the head rolls towards the camera. Right. And it is a completely <laughs> different head. Yes, I it is a whole different person. <laughs> it looks nothing like the actress who was just supposedly decapitated. Not that this one was super better. It was better. It was still it was better. The same, you know, hype of person. <laughs> but I mean, so we get that segment, and I'm jumping a little bit ahead. 
where Linda rises from the dead, her mm. decapitated body rises from the grave where he buried, and he marks the grave with a cross. I okay, feel like you're jumping all the way. You're way I am, ahead. but I just had to. Why are we marking graves of fucking zombies? Like we don't. That's we don't need to do that. Okay, this was his girlfriend who he loved. That he. But just... she was now a zombie, <laughs> and full of evil. There's nothing Christ-like about that. Do not mark that grave with a cross. It's weird. Um, so she rises from the grave. You're not real sentimental, are you? Not once you become a zombie and you're trying to kill me. Okay. All love is is off the table. <laughs> it's just, we're good. So she rises from the grave, headless, of course. Yeah. Does a little weird ballerina dance because she was a dancer in her former life. Yes, we saw her dancing yes. in her underwear earlier in the cabin. Of course she was dancing in her underwear. Um, and then her head rolls over to her and she just sort of plops it on top of herself. <laughs> And you know what she looks like? And you're not going to get this reference because this is after your time. Okay. On the Rugrats, there's a character named Angelica, and she's like the bitchy little girl who's mm. slightly older than the other babies. And she's just mean. And she carries a doll, Cynthia, with her all the time. And I want you to Google a picture of Cynthia. Okay. Because that is exactly what this reanimated corpse of Linda that looks like. That does not sound like something a child should be playing with. Cynthia was fucked up looking. Like, <laughs> Cynthia was a rough looking doll, but, <laughs> but Angelica loved her and took her everywhere. So that's who that reminded me of. This is Cynthia. The fucked up doll, right? Yeah, that ain't right. See? But isn't that Linda? It, it does It does look a little bit like reanimated <laughs> Linda, yes. Does her head come off? Probably. I mean, she's a doll. <laughs> Okay, so backing up from sure. before you you left us ahead in the in the story here. I didn't really miss much. Uh no, you didn't. So after he decapitates her, that's that pretty much brings us full circle to the end of the first movie. Yes. And we get that fantastic shot. It starts out with Sam Raimi's trademark ground level POV mm-hmm. shot, the sort of force moving across the forest mm-hmm. floor. That rushes up the steps and smashes the door of the cabin open and then smashes through the cabin, knocking doors open. Chasing Ash, right. Right, and then hits Ash. Mm -hmm. And that, okay, so that's the first movie done with. And now we're at where the first movie ended. Yes. And it picks Ash up and flies him through the woods, Mm -hmm. drops him in a big mud puddle eventually, and this is a new element. He comes up evil. Yes, he has somehow been possessed. He has been possessed. Yes. But he's able to sort of fight it off or something. Yeah, and I think it's not super I explained. think the story is that the necklace somehow protects him. Like that's what the necklace that is supposed to necklace? do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that's why he's able to retain his humanity. There's some something going on there. Sort of last vestige of Linda and their sure. love and yeah. yeah, no, it doesn't. Apparently it didn't help Linda, so at I'm, all. I'm not I'm not clear on how that would work. Not at all. <laughs> Okay, so yes, he turns evil briefly, and then he gets his humanity back. And then I think that is when we get the skeleton mm-hmm. dance, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just a grotesque stop-motion masterpiece yes. there. I wouldn't say masterpiece, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it is grotesque. I mean, okay, so let's talk about the special effects and everything. Because this movie made today with CGI and it would, everything. It would lose all its charm. It wouldn't work at all. Right. Yeah. The entirety of the charm mm-hmm. is this very makeshift, yeah. inventive style <laughs> of special effects. 
No, yeah, I mean, this the sort of charm of this movie and the reason it can probably get away with a lot of the silliness of it is because it does feel very DIY and just sort of guerrilla filmmaking. We're going to go and just do this gonzo thing out in the woods mm-hmm. and it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, I make fun of the effects, but if you were to do them with the sort of precision right. computer, it would not work at all. If the effects were better, it right. would not be as right. good. Because it almost would be like you're taking yourself too seriously for a movie that is not worthy of being taken seriously. And as a lot of people have pointed out, if the acting was better, That's it true. would not be as good. That's true. Like, it's the per- you you need to find that perfect yeah. line of we're not taking this too seriously. And Well, because that changes how you grade it, right? Like, if it's, if you're trying to do, you know, Oscar-level work in Evil Dead 2... <laughs> It becomes a terrible film because it's just like whatever you were reaching for, it failed terribly. Right. Whereas this, they're like they're hitting exactly what they wanted to hit. Okay, so so skeleton reanimated Linda, Linda with her decapitated head mm-hmm. attacks Ash. Mm-hmm. Um, what what happens first here? He gets well. He does away with the body, her body, <laughs> pretty quickly. But then her head comes her back. Her head comes and latches on. Yeah. To his hand. It's very weird. Um, and so he goes out to the work shed and puts her head in a vice and then proceeds to chainsaw her head and then her body comes back and her body, that's right. he chainsaws the body. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all the love's gone there. And then I, I like that he, he starts to go a little crazy. I mean, you would. Yeah, pretty pretty quickly here. You had to murder your girlfriend, and then she came back and tried to attack you with her body and her head, and then you had to put it in a vice, <laughs> and then you had to chainsaw her. So I mean, that would that would push some people to the limit. Is this this what... really is the story of a man's descent into madness? Do you think there were no demons? Do you think it was all just? I him? think it was just he. <laughs> I think this is like some asshole dude's metaphor about a woman on her period, and so his well, girlfriend just went crazy, and he was, and so he just said he couldn't handle it. She had too many emotions, so he had to cut her. Because during this one man show, we do get some some Ash going crazy scenes. There are a we number have him of hallucinations. Talking to himself in the mirror, yes. and then strangling himself mm-hmm. in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the entire cabin starts laughing at him at one point. Yes. And he just starts laughing. The inanimate laughing. objects yes. in the cabin. Yes. The deer head on the wall. The clock. All the books. The rocking the... chair. Everything is laughing <laughs> and he's laughing maniacally. And it's it really is Ash on the verge of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> okay. And then as you said, his hand infected oh, with where Linda bit him starts to get some yes. ideas. The hand becomes possessed and tries to attack him. <laughs> and he spends 20 minutes... Flinging himself around the cabin. And it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant slapstick physical comedy. You know what's not brilliant? You have a possessed hand, so you go to the kitchen to wash it, as though that is somehow. <laughs> well, you got you get the evil off it. No, that's like, oh, yeah, I got no, a little evil on This is not here. you know salon. I'm going to wash it away, sort of situation. No, little neosporin maybe possessed. Fix that. He didn't even use soap. He just put it underwater. <laughs> Like is it, are you trying to drown the evil? I don't. That's not a good plan. It's not a good plan at all. Probably just pissing the hand off. You you never did really appreciate slapstick very much. I I you know what I appreciate it. That doesn't mean I want to watch it. Like I respect it for what it is. I do think that it is a craft, and it it takes it absolutely is 
a certain level of because it, you have to make it look effortless and you can't look like you're thinking about it too right. much right so i so i absolutely appreciate it and like i said this this was probably my favorite sequence in the film because it really is just watching him play against himself right and he goes all in and he like throws himself downstairs <laughs> and all that like he, he's really taking a beating the hand is strangling him yeah. it's it's punching him it's smashing plates on his <laughs> own give head. me back my hand <laughs> it's just so i you know and then the scene that makes me laugh is i think he's been he's kind of stunned and mm-hmm. lying on the floor and the hand is dragging his entire body across the floor to get to the cleaver. Yes. And then he ends up getting to a knife first, stabs his own hand (laughs) in triumph. And then grabs the chainsaw. And cuts that bitch off. The chainsaw comes in handy. The chainsaw is key. I mean, that's, that's his weapon of choice. So he chainsaws his hand off. The hand escapes and sort of just skitters away. Uh, like thing from Adam's family. Yeah. And then, in a lovely move, flips him off, which is to get flipped <laughs> off by your own fucking hand. That, that's a special sort of shitty. The hand is a dick. The hand is a dick. To be fair, he chainsawed off his hand, man. That's not cool. Well, no, the hand started it. Right, but, I mean, it's your hand. That's probably, like, his masturbation hand. Like, they probably were close. <laughs> you know? They've been through some shit. Uh, he, tr- he tries to trap it under a bucket, put some books on top, including... Yeah. A farewell to arms. Isn't that clever? Isn't that clever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, it gets out and it, you know, gets through the mouse hole in the wall and he's trying to shoot it through the wall. And somehow hits a bad pipe and lots of blood comes spewing out. <laughs> and then I think we're about to where people show up. Which is... And the movie... Beca- I agree the movie becomes yeah. less of an artistic masterpiece at this point. I think this is, though, where the laughing thing starts. Yes. I, yeah, because they show up during that. Right. They show up, unfortunately, while he's going crazy. While he's laughing at things that they are not seeing. Side note, the lamp sounds like Popeye when Popeye laughs. That I believe that was intentional. I think was they it? mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it sounds like fucking Popeye. <laughs> Which is a weird thing to hear in a horror context. It's just very disjointed from my childhood. And the hand, apparently, though, you know, Cousin It is what, I mean, not Cousin, uh, Thing. Thing from the Adams Family is what it makes me think of. Yes. They said it was inspired by the Hamburger Helper mascot. Weirder. Do you remember that? Yeah. He's, no, he's still around, dude. Is he still around? Yeah, he tweets. Know. Yes. What do you mean he tweets? He tweets. If you tweet the Hamburger Helper, dude, he will tweet back at you. He okay, tweets. so that's a demon. <laughs> the Hamburger Helper hand is a deadite. The creepy thing about the hamburger helper hand that's actually creepier than the hand in <laughs> Evil Dead 2 uh-huh. is he's a glove. Like, that's uh, the weird... It's like, because you don't actually see the hand. He's just... He's a glove with eyes. It's weird. <laughs> it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because I'm like, what... Is there a hand under there? Is it just a skeleton? You want to take the glove off yeah, and see what's under but then there? You don't. Because then, okay. And this is where we get to back to it. Cousin it. Because, mm-hmm. like, isn't it no, true? Like, cousin it. No, thing. no. Uh, no, but no, I'm talking okay. about cousin it. If you open the hair, it's like a hell mouth or something that you see in there or something. Like oh, it's I not, don't know. I don't. I, I think I it's something terrible. Like you're not supposed to open the hair, like to pull back the curtains of the hair. I would presume to look underneath because exactly. of its hair. So, but that's what I'm assuming is happening with hamburger helper hand. Is like you lift it up and it's like the the bowels of hell. Like it's, like it's, it's shit you shouldn't see. And like your face melts <laughs> off. Like um in uh uh fucking what's that movie I hate? <laughs> Do that. Uh, that doesn't help me with mountain face. 
Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, Star. okay, exactly. Okay. Where the face. So taking the glove <laughs> off the hand right. of your helper hand exactly. is like looking into the Ark of the Covenant. Exactly, and your face melts off because you're not supposed to see under the glove. <laughs> so I actually think the helper, <laughs> the hamburger helper hand is more frightening than the evil dead two hand because i know what the fuck that is Uh, i I understand that i get that okay what's going on under the glove (laughs) see that's that's the question of our times we end up going down some weird (laughs) paths in these conversations (laughs) they they never end up exactly where i think they're gonna go well i mean i feel like the hamburger helper hand is more interesting than anything that happens once the other people arrive at the cabin but okay we can keep going Okay, so the other people, I don't even remember their names. No, it's the daughter of the dead professor. Right. Who has gone on an expedition of her own to find the sort of missing pages of the Book of the Dead. Her douchey boyfriend. And it is is sort of jarring. At some point here, we get scenes of the whole family in Egypt or wherever it is that they found. Yeah, it's a flashback, right, where they find the Like, they had flashback money for this movie. Yes, they did. It's it's a little jarring. They could have probably been spent elsewhere, but okay. (laughs) Sure. I mean, because did we need it, really? We did. Didn't actually need we it. knew I think, that you again, found this book. I think it was just like, okay, we can yeah. afford to go location shoot. Again. I mean, it probably wasn't, you know, Assyria. It was probably Van Nuys or somewhere. I wouldn't even say it was that. It was, they, like, put a rock in a room and they were like, okay, now you're in Egypt. <laughs> I don't think it was that. But yeah, so it's the <clears throat> daughter of the dead professor mm-hmm. who has found the missing pages of from the Book of the Dead. Her terribly 80s boyfriend. <laughs> Members only wearing like, boyfriend. And he's that hyper blonde that all the bad guys in the 80s movies were yeah. hyper blonde. Yeah. And then we meet. And then these two redneck. Townies. We don't say rednecks. <laughs> okay. I'm a redneck. I can say redneck. Can we call them townies? Is that disparity? Sure. Uh, yes. I probably that's <laughs> just as insulting. Right. Two rural residents. Yes. Locals. Uh, is it Jake? It's something in Bobby Sue and or Bo- Bobby, Bobby Joe. Oh, Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe is the role that they had intended for Holly Hunter. And I, I, and I think it's a loss to cinema that she didn't take that role. Or that the studio, be, the studio apparently rejected her in favor of this Bobby Joe. Ecstatic. When I first saw Bobby Joe, I thought that that was, um, what's her name? I'm terrible with names. <laughs> um, nice. Catwoman that didn't get Catwoman because she was supposedly, you know, difficult. Sean Young. Yes. I was like, is that Sean Young? <laughs> that would that would have been an interesting See? casting choice, sure. But it wasn't. No, it was, I don't know her name. I don't either. <laughs> but yeah, they unfortunately get to the cabin uh, at the exact moment that Ash is freaking out and mm-hmm. he shoots through the door at them. And so, towny dude rushes in. Tackles him. Gives him a pretty good beating. Punches him up pretty good without asking any questions. And they automatically assume that Ash is the one that killed. Which you would. Would you? I mean. You walk into the cabin and there's, you know. (laughs) Blood blood everywhere. Your parents are missing. (laughs) And there's this weird guy who apparently just cut off his own hand. You're going to assume he's probably at the center of the mystery. That's a fair. I mean, but I, you know, due process. (laughs) Ask some questions. What's going on, dude? <laughs> Looks a little incriminating in here. Care to explain? But yes, so the daughter, who's... I, I'm not even going to bother looking up her character name. She assumes that Ash has murdered her parents. And so they beat Ash up and then throw him into the cellar. <laughs> yes. Uh, until they can figure out sort of what's going on. And... 
Then they then they play the tape. Then they play the the dead professor's tape where he admits that he was the one that killed his wife because she had become possessed by the devil because of the book of the dead. <laughs> right. Um and that he had buried her in the cellar. In the cellar that they just threw Ash down into. And cut to Ash in the cellar and a very bloated old lady zombie Henrietta Henrietta (laughs) starting to attack him and he's screaming for help and asking to be let out and they eventually let him out yeah a whole a whole bunch of shit happens all at the same time right then so I think they're they're trying to let Ash out of the cellar without letting Henrietta out without letting Henrietta out Ash keeps banging on the door while the guy's trying to unlock the door like if if Ash would just chill out for a second that would be easier but you know whatever um, and then members only gets possessed. Yes, he becomes possessed because he's and his like mouth has way too many teeth. Lots like, of teeth. He's grown extra teeth in his mouth. So we have to hack him with an axe, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. And then we, um, Ash finally gets out of the cellar, and they just sort of <laughs> slam the cellar door on Henrietta's head, and her <laughs> eye pops out. <laughs> Flies across the room and lands in Bobby Joe's mouth. I mean, you made some crack about, you know, Oscar-caliber work. I don't know what more the Oscar committee could be looking for. I'm pretty sure when that scene played, I was like, nope. I think that was my... I was no. Just not gonna... No. Really? You you crossed the line. It wasn't necessary. It really wasn't. One. Two, why are people in horror movies always standing around with their mouths open that they can... Because everybody's screaming. But, like, if there's shit flying around, it's the same with, like, that movie Slither or whatever. Like, you're screaming and these little wormy things are looking for a way into your body. Close your fucking mouth. So you feel like you would have the self-possession to keep all of your orifices closed. Yes, I would. When the eyeballs and the worms are flying. Yes. There's a... If you're playing baseball... And someone throws a baseball at you. You see the baseball coming, so you can move out of the way. Same with an eyeball. You see the eyeball coming your way. Close your mouth or move. Keep your eye on the... Keep your eye on the eyeball. Eyeball. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's not that hard. Anyway. (laughs) Where where are we? What the fuck do I know? (laughs) I think the clock stops weirdly, and it's like time has stopped or something. And then the ghost of her professor dad who unleashed all the hell. Ah, yes. Exposition ghost. Yes. Comes and says the salvation lies in the pages of the book. And he points to the pages that the daughter had brought back from her recent expedition. Right. These are extra pages to the that book we of the didn't dad, know apparently. About. Right. And then Bobby Joe looks down or Bobby Joe says to her, is that supposed to be her partner? Because he's uh, Brother, older. husband, boyfriend, See, you're, now you're uncle. Being, you're being we don't know. classist and judgy. <laughs> But he was, she's like, you don't have to be squeezing my hand so hard. And he goes, baby, I'm not holding your hand. <laughs> and she looks down, and of course, it's Ash's hand. Of course. That is holding onto her hand. And so she freaks the fuck out and leaves the cabin and runs into the woods alone. Like a dumbass. How do, how do you feel about that decision? It's a dumbass move. <laughs> Why would you leave the cabin? Why would you go into the woods? What happened to the girl in Evil Dead 1? She got tree raped. <laughs> This girl, luckily, was not, you know, arboreally assaulted. <laughs> well, she was well, assaulted, not, but not right. arboreally <laughs> penetrated that we know of. Right. They just sort of, the limb, the... Which, that in and of itself, I find amusing, because somebody, when they made this movie, said, I think we went too far with that tree rape thing. Maybe, maybe let's tone, like, nothing else in this film is toned down. 
But they were like, maybe just Tree tone that, line. One, that one element mm. down. Yeah. yeah. It's a class act. <laughs> they drag her off anyway. The trees drag her into some unknown yeah, tree world. Yeah. The trade-off is she gets dragged through the woods right. at high speed. <laughs> and she's just gone forever. We <laughs> never see her again. apparently smashes. I, I think... She smashes into a tree right. or some shit it's, like that. It's basically like the uh, the speeder chase in Return of the Jedi, where she's just, you know, flying through the woods and... You remember, oh yeah, I vaguely you remember, remember Return that. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like floating motorcycles or something. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. and all the stormtroopers ended up crashing and the into trees. Fucking bears! <laughs> oh, it's <was> terrible. <laughs> so bad. See episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's Bobby Joe done. That yeah, was, Bobby yes. Joe's done. Yeah, and then we get her, her uncle, daddy. Okay, see, stop. Let's assume that they are brother and sister. I think they're boyfriend and girlfriend. He's like 40. But again, not mutually exclusive. We're talking North Carolina here. See, but what I'm saying is that's a fucked up thing to say. Like, it's <laughs> classist and judgy and just wrong. Anyway, he spends the whole, the rest of the thing going, Baba Joe! Where's Baba Joe? We gotta find Baba Joe. Okay, I don't know how what I say is wrong and then you just Because that's that exactly how he sounds. Did. I'm doing a spot on impersonation. You're not a better person than I am. <laughs> you pretend you are, but you're not. Okay, yeah, he he wants to go look for Bobby Joe. And he's everybody like, else is like, fuck go. no, that bitch is dead. Yeah. Ash is like, she's out there, she's gone. So he pulls a gun on them and says, okay, no, we're going to go out and we're going to find Bobby Joe. So they go out into the woods, mm-hmm. barely make it two feet away from the cabin before the woods attack them. And um, they possess Ash again. So Ash is wakes up okay? and he's demonized again. Uh-huh. Daughter chick runs into the cabin. <laughs> Grabs some weird oh, the sacred evil dagger, spear the big evil dagger, or whatever the yeah, hell. Uh-huh. And somebody's coming through the door. She thinks it's Demon Ash. So she stabs without looking, which again, I respect. <laughs> but she ends up stabbing the hillbilly dude. Yeah. Pretty nicely in his lungs. And he's choking on blood. And she's like, sorry. And then drags him through the cabin to get to a safe space. And yelling at him at the same time for like crying out in pain. She's like, shut up. You stabbed him in the fucking lung. He ends up in the cellar somehow. Uh, I don't remember how. Oh, the professor's wife comes. Uh, Henrietta, Henrietta comes up from the cellar door and grabs him by his legs and drags him down into the cellar and apparently just eats him. There's it, this fountain of what looks to me like strawberry soda. It's a lot that of blood. It just explodes out it's of that trap of door blood, from whatever happens to Which would not come from a human being dude. from that. But sure. <laughs> And then Demon Ash starts, like, chasing the daughter around. And then, he, oh, this is where the necklace, he's, he sees the necklace. Right. And somehow that turns him back into a human being. But she's like, I'm still going to kill you. And he's like, no, but I'm fine now. And she's like, no, no, I'm still going to kill you. So whose side are you on in this debate? I am on her side. <laughs> Shocker. Because you're not fine. You're not going to be okay. You have recurring zombie aggression, and I'm not going to wait around for the next time that you flip the script on me. So you got to die. <laughs> and if I got to answer for that later on in the, in the hereafter, then I will answer for it. But that is it. So then they decide to arm up, and this is when you get your... Right. Hillbilly dude is dead. Yes, (laughs) 
but before he became oh. strawberry soda, yes, he threw the pages from the book that they need right. down in the cellar. Right, with him. So now they got to go into the cellar, and I think Ash says something like, "Let's go carve up a witch or something." Because sure. And then and then they arm up literally for have, him. <laughs> yes, the iconic hero moment. That's it. Okay. Of Ash fixing the chainsaw to the stump of his arm. And he's got a sawed-off shotgun in the other hand. And the music swells. And he says the immortal battle cry, Groovy. It's weak. <laughs> Could have come up. yippee ki motherfuckers is better than that. Could have come no. up with something else. No. Yes. Groovy. No. That's not. Groovy. I got a chainsaw in one hand and my shotgun in the other and I'm going to go. Then you say like bitchin' or something. Like, don't say witch. groovy. And she's not a fucking witch. <laughs> well, <laughs> look, you're going to split hairs? Yes. Because there's a difference. A witch you can sort of reason with. Witches are still, they still have their senses about them. They're not all bloodlust and id. Witches are sophisticated, awesome beings. I would love to be a witch. And I, like, I just don't think we should be disparaging witches by equating them with zombies. Totally different. This message brought to you by the Council for <laughs> Anti-Defamation of Witches. It's important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they go down into the cell. Well, Ash goes down with his chainsaw arm to look for the pages. I guess he fucks Henrietta up. I don't even remember how she dies. Oh, yeah. No, no. She... I don't even know if they get down into the cellar because she comes up into the main cabin. Oh, that's right. Because she's like floating like a fucking balloon of... <laughs> zombie flight it's very odd um and then she like so that she it's that was apparently henrietta we we briefly see henrietta as human i don't know what that actress's name is no but demon henrietta was played by sam raimi's brother in this hideous fat suit yeah that was apparently so hot i mean they're shooting in north carolina i Hundred and sixty degrees or whatever it is, and humid, and he's inside this fat suit, and apparently this thing was just filled with gallons of sweat Ugh. inside. And there's actually a shot in the movie. It's when she's floating up near the ceiling, kind of on her side. You can see a stream Ew. of sweat pouring out of her ear hole. That's fucking disgusting. <laughs> oh my god! You know what else is disgusting? That reminds me of. Oh sure. So I was a woodwind. <laughs> in band and you know how <laughs> flutes and clarinets have fucking spit valves uh -huh, yeah that's fucking disgusting why and then we'd have to like do it you'd have to do it in the middle like clean out your spit valves and you have and everybody be like spitting and spit is falling out like that's not it's disgusting nobody nobody wants to no no same principle yes yeah. mm -hmm. that's disgusting okay so yeah uh, ash is just is swinging that chainsaw and just lopping limbs off of Henrietta. Henrietta. Yeah. And then her big, her giant extended phallic neck yeah. lops that off. And so that's, I think that's it for Henrietta, right? Yes. Okay. So then they get the pages from the cellar, but then... Which is, okay, so the pages, this is a two-step process. Right. The first step first, is... First, we have to make... You have to manifest, flesh. right? You have to manifest the demon into flesh, and then the second step is you open this portal to hell or something. Yes, this rift in time yeah, and space. That it's always a fucking rift in time and space, and so then that sucks the demon into the rift, and all is well with the world. So she's starting to read the first part, manifesting the demon, and so we get this big ass. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this is. 
It's just this giant demon head that sort of comes into the cabin that's basically the size it's, of the entire it's cabin. It's sort of like a lower budget version of that thing that comes out of the closet in Poltergeist. Yes. Um, I think on the set they referred to it as like a rotten apple head or something. Mm, that's what it looks like. It's like a giant rotten apple. Sure. But apparently it's like pure evil, and when Ash looks upon it, his hair turns gray as though he were <laughs> Moses seeing the burning bush, which I thought was interesting. Um, so he's fighting that thing while the chick is trying to read the Latin. The hand <laughs> that never the hand, dies. Nobody, right. <laughs> stabs the her. The hand just keeps popping out for these quick hit and run attacks, and then apparently scurries away and hides. That's how you do it. You do what you, you know, stay in your lane. Like That's what you do. Ninja hand. So he stabs her in the back so that she can barely read the rest of the incantation. Yeah. And Ash is still trying to fight the monster. With her dying breath, she's able to finish it and open the rift in space and time. But not only is the demon sucked into the rift, <laughs> but Ash is sucked into the rift. Ash, as he's getting sucked in, says something like, how do you stop it? Yeah. And realizes they never covered that no. in the pages. It we was, don't, we don't know how to open the rift. shut the rift off. There's always a sacrifice. There is no stopping it. You got to die. So he gets sucked through and lands in some past world. This is this is thirteen hundred eighty. We have right. seen this foreshadowed earlier right. it was in the a film. Prophecy in the, in the book. book of the dead. Yeah. But he Where landed, there was even a little picture of Ash with, with his, his chainsaw. chainsaw. Arm. So there's some weird devil bat thing <laughs> flying through the air that he slays with his shotgun and so all of the people from the 1300s or whatever surround him and claim him a hero yeah and he's just like the savior no. what was that no is that how you're gonna do it yeah <laughs> that was some acting that he did there at the i end. know you were not putting any emotion into it at all <laughs> well i didn't go to the school of cocaine so <laughs> And uh, that is that is the that end is of the movie. Evil Dead too. Until we watch the third one, I will not Army of be watching any more of this franchise. <laughs> Do you have to find out how the story? I'm ends? good. No, I was good after the first one. I'm absolutely good after the yeah, second. We're leaving Ash back in the that's cool 14th century year. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Tap it out. <laughs> okay, so uh, what does it all mean? It doesn't mean anything. Have you, have you analyzed the themes? There are no themes. I think there are themes. What are the themes? I don't know what okay, the themes Because there are. are no themes. <laughs> I feel like it means something. No. It's a dumbass movie that leans into its dumbassedness, <laughs> and that's fine. I think it is an excellent showcase for Bruce Campbell. At least those sort of 20 minutes where it's just him and his hand. <laughs> it's excellent that's also just such a perfect low budget special effect when you're like fighting your own hand you don't need a lot of crazy and i I watched on youtube i assume it probably comes from the dvd or something there's some behind the scenes footage of them shooting those scenes Mm -hmm. and it's just great because it's like you know there's there's a scene with arms reaching in the window and grabbing ash Mm -hmm. and slamming his head against the thing but how they shot that was ash held the two arms against his head and then smashed his own head <laughs> into the window. And it's just it's just perfect low-budget special effect that just works so well. That's awesome. So you have to be happy you saw this movie just to experience the physical comedy. Of, I could have just watched those 20 minutes Bruce on YouTube Campbell. or something and been fine. Like, you could have said, okay, this is Bruce Campbell doing something cool. This is all you need from Evil Dead 2. And that would have been absolutely fine. Well, you would have missed all the other stuff, though. Too, but I didn't. The, the, I didn't need any of the, the other flying stuff. Flying eyeball. Yeah, and... I did. Definitely didn't need that. <laughs> nope. Again, a lot of these movies you show me would be very good shorts. 
take that one good idea you stumbled on and just do that. This was not that. a particularly long movie. It was this not. Basically what was I'm saying is, short. it could have just been that Especially if you take off, we segment. had to recreate the first movie Which I first, argue so. that you didn't need to do. <laughs> but okay, it could have just been Ash versus his hand. But then the audience would have been lost. They would have, you know, not had the character development. There was no character development. Tell me something about Ash. <laughs> He's, uh... What is Ash's last name? That's a good question. I'm sure he has one. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Ash may be his last name. What does Ash name. do for work? Maybe Ash has a first Does name. Ash go to school? Yeah. Uh, okay. So don't talk to me about He had a girlfriend him. named Linda. Yeah, that we know. And shitty taste in jewelry. Yes. That's it. <laughs> it's not really character development. We don't care about Ash because we know Ash. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have any uh, horror movie takeaways from this? Any lessons learned? <laughs> Keep your mouth closed. Don't read the Latin. Chainsaw over shotgun. You think the chainsaw is better than the shotgun? Yeah. Hmm. Chainsaw, you got to get up pretty close, though. But still, it rips into people pretty nicely. Well, yeah. So. Well, he's got both, so that's... Yeah, but I'm saying I would choose chainsaw over. Okay. I don't think I would trust you with a chainsaw. Did you trust anyone with a chainsaw? You cut yourself, like, every time you cook. That's just with our regular doll kitchen Maybe I'm fighting my hand. (laughs) Is there something about your hand that you need to tell me? (laughs) It's between me and my hand. (laughs) A personal vendetta. No, see, this is the kind of thing I need to know. You no. need to, like, share that information. No. Don't be the person in the horror movie who got bit by the zombie. And not tell anyone. And didn't tell anyone. You fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You've doomed us all. So if there's something going on with your hand, I need to know it's that now. Really personal. Before we go to bed tonight. It's very personal. Okay, so we're going to need to chain you up when Good, we go Good, though, tonight. that if I do turn into a zombie, I have better jewelry than she did, so you can... I don't think your jewelry is going to protect you from (laughs) demoning out. All right. Obviously, we have no deep thoughts in this movie. There are no deep thoughts to be had. No. It's fun. If you're into that sort of thing, highly recommend the 20 minutes. Well, not highly. But if you're going to watch it, I recommend the 20 minutes with Ash. But beyond that. Any any other final thoughts? I'm glad that this experiment, this Halloween... (laughs) marathon is done oh, we should probably reflect on the uh the marathon as a whole i have no reflections can you even name the movies we watch <laughs> raw uh-huh uh <laughs> God, i'm wasting my life what was the old one with the yeah. Yeah. um mm-hmm. the two weird kids yeah that were possessed but not really what was it the Innocence. The Innocence. How many uh, did we watch? Uh, we did five weeks, six movies. The fuck did we watch? <laughs> this is so sad. What else did we watch? Oh my god. <laughs> you named the last two weeks. That's how far back your memory goes. Um, hold. <clears throat> oh, oh god. I blocked this one out. The fucking <laughs> transphobic bullshit. <laughs> Sleep Away Camp, <laughs> which we did as a doubleheader with Friday the 13th. Right, Friday the 13th. And then uh, Suspiria. Suspiria. The first one. I liked Suspiria. Okay. I'm See, glad that I saw Suspiria. You liked Suspiria. Yes. You liked The Innocence. I did, I did enjoy The Innocence. You liked Raw. I did like Raw. And you liked at least 20 minutes of Evil Dead 2. <laughs> sure. And then I think you must be glad you saw Sleepaway Camp. No, I'm actually very angry at you <laughs> that you showed me that. Because I th- I really do think it's bad for the earth. I just, I, it's, 
No, nope. But you needed to see it. I didn't know. You needed to know I it I feel existed. like I need to like donate to GLAD or something because <laughs> I need to like atone for the time that I spent watching that. Transgender task force, whatever. Like I just need to, somebody needs to, nope. So I proclaim the 2018 Unenthusiastic Critic Halloween Movie Marathon a resounding success. I disagree. Easily worth repeating in 2019. We will not be married in 2019. <laughs> So, that's our show we want to thank you for listening and we hope you'll join us again next week October is over we're entering November and that means we're bracing for an entirely different kind of horror election season our next episode will release on Tuesday November 6th which is election day here in the states and to celebrate we're going to be watching an American classic about American democracy Frank Capra's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington from 1939. It's all broken. (laughs) The system is broken. (laughs) Here's the funny thing. That movie made in 1939 kind of has the same message. Yeah. (laughs) In the meantime, you can find us on the web at unaffiliatedcritic.com. Follow us on Twitter at freerangecritic. Send an email to michael at unaffiliatedcritic.com. Or leave us a review on iTunes. In any of these places, we encourage you to suggest a film Nakia desperately needs to see to make her life complete. Until next time, remember, true love means making your partner watch movies they really, really don't want to watch. Groovy. I feel like I should get candy. For Halloween? Yes. Okay, well let's go. And for payment. Beat up some kids and take their candy. Doing this. (laughs) You like trash candy anyway. What? We're not even going to go there, Mr. I like Smarties, which is... Smarties are awesome. It's chalk. It's not (laughs) good candy. You don't like any of the good Halloween candy? Snickers, Reese's, I'm all about Three Musketeers. I like the good... Smarties, candy corn... Those are trash-ass candies. (laughs) Those are like Depression-era candies that they have to trick kids into eating. It's like, oh, yeah, this is sweet. Have this and some beets. Like, no, those are not good candies. Fucking Smarties are chalk, and candy corn is basically wax eraser. Like, it's just... They're terrible. So I can have your Smarties and candy corn? You absolutely. One, if anybody gives those out, you should get egged. <laughs> Second of all, you, you can absolutely. If I can have all of your Snickers and Reese's and I like Reese's. Three Musketeers. You can have the Snickers. Okay, fine. Three Musketeers we're going to fight over. I don't understand you. <laughs>